This is the Lead to Lead podcast, where we explore the realm of leadership through the lens of faith. Here's your host, Leah Haygood. Hello, welcome to the Lead to Lead podcast. My name is Leah and I am your host. Guys, today I have a special episode for you. I got the opportunity to interview uh, a friend of mine, she was a former co-worker with me at the Chicken Palace, i.e. Chick-fil-A. Yes, I call it the Chicken Palace occasionally because it's holy. It should be the Chicken Temple. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no disrespect to my Jewish brethren. No. Uh, anyway, wow. This is getting out of hand already. Anyway, no, uh, I got to interview a good friend of mine. Her name is Ashley Braytek. And I wanted to interview her kind of for two reasons. Um, I've known her uh, since 2017. And over those years of just working with her, getting to know her, kind of hearing her story, her story of how she even got to Chick-fil-A, I think is just as important as the, the business that she actually has as a side hustle that I originally wanted to interview her for. I think her story plays an integral part in why she's even doing that business and just her work ethic, how her mindset behind her jobs, anything that she's put herself in. Uh, she's a, definitely an all or nothing kind of girl, but I know that you're going to be encouraged by her story just here. And like she, she goes in like seventh and eighth gear when she's working, like seriously, when we worked together back in the day, uh, home girl was like, like all over the place and knew what she needed to do. She's very motivated, like unbelievable. Uh, That's all I can say. (laughs) She's a very hard worker. And like I said, I think that you are going to take away a lot just from her story, but she's also going to share about her little Etsy shop that she has started called the Christian Peach Co. And it's just a cool little outlet that she has, as she's grown in her faith it's like another branch that God has, has allowed her to kind of use as an outlet of ministry as well as financial outlet, be able to like start a, a business from the ground up, which is pretty amazing. So without any further ado, my broskies, I, I call my brother broskies. I'm going to call you broski. Uh, here is my interview with Ashley Braytech. Thank you so much for taking the time to have a little conversation, and thank you for inviting me in your home. It smells amazing in here. What kind of candle was that? Um, a Bath and Body Works one. I'm not exactly sure it, which kind it is. But. Pretty much you buy anything from there, and it'll just make the, yeah. the ambiance in the room very calming and soothing. But okay. anyway, um, thanks again for doing this. No, um, thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Now... I have known you, I was trying to think about it, since 2017? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we were former co-workers together at the Chicken Palace. Oh yeah. Yes. Great old Chick-fil-A. Yes, but before that, you uh, were at Cracker Barrel. We'll talk a little bit about that, but um, kind of give our listeners a little bit of bio about you. You were a Georgia girl. Yep. Is that Born and raised in Georgia. Okay. What city? Um, I was born in Athens, raised in the Jefferson area, right outside of Athens. Cool. Mm-hmm. And you're a bulldog. Oh Yeah. We'll pray for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, I much prefer that you are a bulldog and not a yellow jacket. Oh, I, yeah. You don't like the yellow jackets? No, no. <laughs> My I, stepdad loved the yellow jackets growing up, so we were house divided. Oh, um, <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, no. I, well, my brother went to Clemson, and so Georgia uh, Tech, Clemson was always a really nasty game. Oh, and okay. I had yeah. a bad taste in my mouth for Georgia Tech <laughs> for a long time. Um, but now you live in Anderson. Yep. How mm-hmm. long have you been here now? 
so I moved to Anderson in 2015. I moved to South Carolina in 2013. So been in the area for about seven years so far. Okay. But I've been in my home for five years, going on five years. And what brought you here? Um, so I moved to South Carolina from Georgia for my job at Cracker Barrel. Um, I was promoted. I worked there for as a server for about seven years. Mm-hmm. And then they promoted me into management. And I moved here, um, like I said, in 2013. Um, to pursue the management job here at the Anderson Cracker Barrel. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. How did you get involved with Cracker Barrel in the first place? Okay, so interesting story. So my first job was actually at Food Lion. Um, I, I wanted a job when I turned 16. My grandfather bought us all of our first cars, but we had to pay the insurance and our gas and mm-hmm. pay for our gas, obviously. Yeah. And so um, I wanted a job, and my first taste of making money was like, I, I loved it. I like to have my own money. I like to go and like eat out and you mm-hmm. know hang out with my friends. We like to go to the movies and stuff like that. So I love to work. And then um, my sister, we we're two years apart, almost to the week. We're um, two years apart. So we, she turned six was going to turn sixteen in two thousand five, but she was a few months shy of her sixteenth birthday. Cracker Barrel was opening up down the road. She's begging me, you know, drive me down there. I want to see if I can get a job. You know, she was only fifteen, not quite sixteen. So I brought her in. They were doing open interviews in the dining room, and um, we go in, and I'm just kind of sitting to the side because I was just a ride there, mm-hmm. and um, they interviewed her, and they said, you know, when you turn 16, come back, but how about your sister? And I was like, oh, I have my little job at Food Line. I make, you know, at the time, I'm like, I make five thirty-five an hour. I just got a raise. Like, I'm making all this money. I'm so proud, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, no, you need to come and talk to us. So they sat me down, explained that, you know, how to make tips and all the money that could be made there. So anyways, I was like, okay. They said, well, if you'll just work here on your days off for a couple of weeks here from food line, you know, work on your days off here. And if you like it better, you can quit your other job. And if you hate it, then you can quit here. So just give it a shot. My first shift of making over a hundred dollars in one night there, I was like, okay, bye bye, food line. Wow. <laughs> here I am at the barrel. Wow. So yeah. And um, how old were you then? So I was 17, I think. Okay. 17. Um, when I started at the barrel, um, that was big money for a 17 year old. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So yeah, yeah, we would, I was in high school, um, finishing up my senior year there. And then, um, I met a boy and we thought we were going to live, you know, life together, be forever, you know, a thing. And then I found myself, um, with child. Um, Mm. and I graduated high school in May of 2006. And then I had my son in October of 2006. And so that was my drive for wanting to provide for him. You know, I wanted him to, you know, never do without. So I just was very focused on, went to school. Um, So I went to college, started college in January of 2007. I was also volunteering at the local fire department and I was volunteering at my church every Sunday and just doing everything. I had my hand in everything. So, you know, grateful for my family helping me with Caleb. Caleb is my son. Yes. Um, so just helping me with him and allowing me to be able to work and do the things that I was passionate about to get me to where I am today, you know? Yeah. So that was a really, that was an awesome walk. Um, my brother passed away in 2000, May 8th of 2009. He took his life. That was very hard for my family and I. He was only 17 years old. You know, my son was two years old, just shy of his second birthday. He doesn't really quite remember his my brother. Um, but that was a very hard defining moment in our, in our lives. Sure. So yeah, so that happened then. Um, but I was going to college, a few different colleges, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then, um, 
our Cracker Grill became a training store and we started training new managers and getting to know those new managers and talking with them about what their career paths look like um, and the money that they're making was very intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. um, so then I you know, started looking at that. I liked the company that I worked for. I really loved doing what I did. So I per started pursuing that and, you know, going to school and I went to three different colleges, just trying to figure out, just, you know, really young, not knowing really what I wanted to do, but, you right. know, money was always a driver for me. I wanted to make good money. Mm -hmm. I wanted to provide for my son. I wanted to live a good life with him. Mm -hmm. So just trying to figure all those things out um, and then Cracker Bell was just starting to align with that. So then I started pursuing that really hard. Yeah. You know, I'd come into work every day. What can I do to help the managers out? What can I do to like really just make this a better place to work for everyone, you know? And then I was recognized by my district manager for that. Mm -hmm. And then he um, kind of talked with me a, a couple of times about, you know, what it looked like to be a leader there. And before I knew it, I was interviewing for the position against quite a few other people within a, my district. And um, they actually chose me, but the thing was that I was gonna have to move to South Carolina. So of course that led me here. And there so yeah, that's how it kind of happened. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, um, I think it's interesting how um, when me and my husband, then at the time, boyfriend, he's kind of in the same boat as you, like wanted to work hard, mm -hmm. work early um, as far as like age wise. Mm -hmm. He got hired on actually at the Chick-fil-A that we worked at, yeah. um, <laughs> at, uh, was he 15? I think he was 16. Mm -hmm. And so we were sophomores in high school and he was already driving. He wanted his own money. He was saving and he was working like 30 some odd hours a week. Wow. Um, with school yeah. and everything, and me, because I was a priority <laughs> in his life. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I got hired on, he actually got me the job um, okay. at our Chick-fil-A, um, but it was after my golf season was over my senior year, so I was 17. Okay. But I feel like that teenagers working a lot, mm -hmm. well, quote-unquote a lot, like other than weekends, like right. working after school, is becoming a distant thing mm -hmm. and not to put a damper on the value of school like education is important but at the same time I think that teenagers are gradually learning how to work less as much as possible does that make sense absolutely um, what is your perspective on that as far as like now at Chick-fil-a you are um, you have been responsible for schedule uh, have you done interviews um, yeah a few whenever we Opened our new Chick-fil-A. Yes, we reopened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, what's your perspective as far as high schoolers or young 20s uh, work ethic? Like, what has been your observation? So, I I think that you, it, it's all, you have to look at the individual mainly. Um, sure. For me, it's like what drives them, you know, is mm -hmm. it? you know, is it a sense of like, they have that worth ethic? Do they want to work? So for me specifically at that age, like I just wanted to get out. I wanted to make money. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to enjoy my life. I didn't want to have anybody tell me, no, you can't do that. You know, like I, I, I think that money is a tool. It isn't everything, but it is a tool sure. um, that you can use to your advantage. Um, so I think that the younger generation today are more focused on you know, everyone look at me kind mm. of mentality. Mm. And I think the internet has really like taken over to where, you know, you can hop on YouTube or Instagram or any of those places and you can be recognized almost instantly. Um, and I think a lot of people work towards, you know, things like that and they're not working towards building long-term relationships with like jobs yeah. and staying for a long time and they're looking for the next best thing yeah. and they're looking for, you know, everybody wants it now, like instant gratification. Like everybody, you know, you get the like or you get the share, you get the post or whatever, you know, whatever, when you post things on Instagram and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of our, our youth are looking at, 
at that type of lifestyle. And I think that's really cool if you can, you know, hack into something like that and make millions of dollars, like good for you. That's really amazing. But that isn't always reality. Yeah. And I think that, um, (laughs) you know, I see young people come in and they don't necessarily, they'll come in and they'll work, you know, either Chick-fil-A or Cracker Barrel or wherever. Even my friends will go into a job and if they don't necessarily agree with a hundred percent of what's going on there, then they're just looking for the next place. And sometimes they'll just quit a job before, even lining up another one yeah. or they're not looking at what's long term you know like in my mind i think that you should work at minimum 2 years at a place before you start looking at another place no it's mm-hmm. granted that there isn't like you know things have gone on there where you, you can't work there like you know it's against your principles or or whatever you believe in or you know whatever's going down sure um but i think that a lot of people are always looking for the next best thing and if something's going on in a place where they're not 100% you know like Every day you're going to run into a problem to where, you know, you know, at Chick-fil-A, you know, you might deal with a difficult guest or a difficult, you know, someone might have called out on your shift. You know, you have to, you know, it's all problem solving. So you just want to, you're going to have those highs, you're going to have those lows, but you have to look at, you know, what are you trying to accomplish long term and have, and have that written out as like a plan, you know, like this may not be where I always want to be, but it's going to be a stepping stone to get me to where I want to be. Um, I think today's youth is always is kind of focused on the now and you know they they sort of react off of their emotions and what they're thinking now and what you know kind of what they want and they aren't thinking that long term yeah. um and so like for me I just I didn't really know it obviously at 17 years old what I wanted to do for the rest of my life I have my ideas and you know my life definitely hasn't played out the way that I thought it was going to to play out like who knew I was going to be moving to South Carolina and then working at Chick-fil-A which has really been the biggest blessing of my life but Mm. um you know or one of the biggest blessings but um I think that just hard work and determination and deciding setting a goal and then working towards that but I hate to see the young people jump in to a job and then one thing happened and they just quit or you know really investing and that's the thing is they're not investing in a place that could potentially turn around and invest in them right building that resume you know, staying, staying somewhere for a long time. Yeah. I think you've hit on some really heavy points. Like I think the mindset now is like, if there's a problem, we run away. Exactly. And we right. don't deal with it mm-hmm. or we don't let it shape us. Yep. Um, we're afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that that's a big one for me is I don't like looking like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And so if I, if there's a potential for me to make a mistake, I want to like learn and educate myself because mm-hmm. I hate feeling dumb. Right. That's just me personally. Yeah. But um, I think that that's um, a common thing. And uh, another thing that I thought of, um, I listen to other podcasts. Um, are you familiar with who Greg, Craig Groeschel is? No. He is a, a pastor at Life Church um, in Oklahoma, I think. Okay. Oklahoma. He, uh, like mega church kind of thing. And he did an interview with Mike Todd, who is a pastor of Transformation Church. Okay. Yeah. And, Mike Todd is a great example of like a pastor going viral Mm -hmm. really quickly. Like some girl tweeted one of his messages from a series that happened four months earlier and 2 million people saw it in 48 hours. That's amazing. And so he is one of those guys that has like 2 million followers. It's crazy. And I think the younger generation, like Gen Zers or very, very young millennials Mm -hmm. see that and they want that. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is on Craig's, uh, Podcast, they talk about the difference between influence and fame. Yes. And I think that the younger generation, they want to be famous. Right. They want to be, they want to be viral. Yes. Whereas influence is not only do people know you, 
but you have the ability to change other people's minds. Absolutely. And I think that is much more influential, obviously, but much more <laughs> beneficial. And it takes time to be influential. It doesn't take a whole lot of time to be famous. I mean, you look at like Chewbacca mom who mm. got, who yeah, got famous yeah. like that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and now uh, she's doing some stuff. I'm not really sure what, but I saw her on Instagram and stuff, but things like that, people want the quick viral fame. Absolutely. Versus I'm going to spend time in my craft, whatever that is, whether it's preaching, making jewelry, or um, just being a consistent employee. Mm -hmm. Once people trust you and they know that you're dependable and you're valuable and that you want to bring value to the place that you're working at, that will speak volumes versus, oh, I got a million views on a stupid TikTok video yeah. that I made. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. Because TikTok is, is up there too. I don't have one. I know you do. Oh, it's so much fun. Don't ever... <laughs> that's a... Honestly, that is the biggest waste of time ever. You'll look up and you've been on there for hours and I'm like, what did I just do with my life? But it's so uh, much... It is fun. Yes. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. I think it's been a big... Uh, <laughs> mental saver as far as quarantine is concerned. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. People are getting very creative with their time. Yes, that <laughs> is for sure. That. Yeah. See, I'm a YouTube junkie too mm -hmm. and Instagram and especially with starting this podcast and trying to increase following and like I'm, that's the thing, I find myself getting caught in the I just want people to know me. Just follow me, follow me, follow me. Yeah. And I just get stuck in this comparison game. Oh, yeah. And sure. I don't know if you've had any experience with that as Most far as... definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's And you feel inadequate. Yeah. But at the same time, when you get a like, it's like... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's yes. like, look at me go. Victory. <laughs> yes. That kind of points towards what we were talking about earlier, you know. Um, really, like, my goal in life at this point, at, I'm 32 years old. Um, I just want... I just want to lead people to Jesus. You know, like I mm. want to point them towards him. You know, I haven't always lived my life in that, in that sense. I've always been a believer as far back as I can remember. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was kind of what's driven me to this point in my life. And I, and I think that, you know, God always has a purpose and a plan for our life. Mm. And I think that, you know, through all the trials and things that I've been through in my life, they've all led me up into this point. So now when things happen, I just try to just go the flow. I'm like, okay, okay, Lord, show me, show me you in this, like what is going on? Mm -hmm. I try not to really ask too many questions and just go with it. One thing that you stated uh, a little while ago was that, um, making the move to Chick-fil-A has been uh, a blessing in your life. Can you dive in a little bit deeper of why that had such a big impact on you? Sure. So I, you know, was working at Cracker Rail for, um, going on 13 years, I want to say. Wow. And I, you know, worked at the Anderson Cracker Barrel for a few years, and then an opportunity arose for me to open a new Cracker Barrel down in Livonia, Georgia. You know, that was new and exciting, but it also came with a lot of, you know, a lot of stress. And, um, mm. you know, I, I still love Cracker Barrel. I love to go and eat there. I love to see my, you know, barrel family is what I like to call them. <laughs> um, but beca it became really stressful, and I was ready to get out of that corporate world. Mm. And then also, you know, just trying to get to church on a Sunday, that's one of our biggest days at the barrel. Yeah. And, you know, typically I was working, you know, 10, 12 hours, 12, 10 to 12 hour shifts or days there. And, you know, on Sunday, it was very difficult for me to get to go to church. And I just remember actually making it to a service one day. The first service that I made to on a Sunday, I actually fell asleep in the service. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and missed everything. And I remember just leaving church and literally in tears just thinking, man, I just finally came to church and I'm so exhausted from working 60 to 70 hours in a week that I just missed what I was looking, 
you know, forward to most. And I think that, you know, God should be number one in your life. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, he was taking a backseat to everything that I was doing. Not to mention, you know, I worked with some really great people, but they weren't, they didn't value the things that I personally valued. And I felt myself as a person changing as an individual and into something that, that I didn't, that I knew that God didn't want me to be. Not that I was making like terrible decisions. I wasn't doing, you know, illegal things or anything like that, but you know, just like not praying every day, like I should not engaging with church. Like I should, I think that, you know, I, I personally believe that you should try and serve, you know, whether it be at the church or serve within your community or do something. I wasn't doing any of that. I wasn't being spiritually fed at all. And then the next Sunday that I made it to church, I got really involved in the worship that service and I just broke down and it was just bawling my eyes out. And I was like, this is what I want. This is what I'm craving. And I remember literally, this is so crazy, sitting there thinking in church, I want to work somewhere like Chick-fil-A where they're off on Sundays. Literally, I thought this. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to work somewhere like that where I can make it to church. This is all I want in life. You know, I want to be a good mom to my son, provide a good life for him, be involved with my family, and I want to go to church on Sundays. That's mm-hmm. all that I want out of this life. I don't care about anything else. I don't care about my house anymore. I don't care about making money anymore. I just want to have a spiritual connection and feel and feel that way and live my life like that. I want people to look at me and like, wow, Jesus has all over that girl. And I want to be like that. You know, that's what I wanted to, to, to be. So I literally left church and I came home and I typed into whatever search engine I was looking at. And I was like, management jobs in the Greenville Anderson area. Mm-hmm. And the number one thing that popped up was Chick-fil-A of Greenville. Wow. <laughs> I had chills and I was like, okay, this is going to be a journey. So I, you know, obviously at the barrel, I, you know, I made decent money and I had built a lifestyle for us here in Anderson, you know, so my first concern was that, you know, financially this may not work out. I don't know anything about Chick-fil-A. It's a fast food restaurant. I, you know, I don't know what that would look like, but yeah. I prayed about it and I said, I'm going to, you know, just apply and see what happens. Go talk to them. Mm-hmm. So I applied Next day, I went in to work, and my entire family is at Cracker Barrel. And I'm like, well, what are you guys doing here? They came up from Georgia to see me. And I'm like, hi, hi guys. All of a sudden, our regional vice president walks out, and they award me as one of the first associate managers of the year within the entire company. Um, so it was 10 people chosen out of thousands of managers, I guess. And so they're like, we're flying you down to Disney World. You get to take a friend. You get to do all these things. Like, you know, we think you're great. You have all these characteristics of a great leader and all these things. And I felt really good in the moment. And so went down to Florida in a few weeks with my mom and I'm literally standing in line at Disney World to get on a ride and my phone rings and it's a Greenville number. And I'm like, hello. And I get Marshall McCall here at Chick-fil-A. I'd like to set up an interview with you. You know, we read your application, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm actually in Florida being recognized by Carl. And he's like, well, that's really cool. You want to come and chat with me when you come back? I'm like, absolutely. So I come back. I'm like, okay, so I'm like praying heavily throughout all of this um, to make a long story short, make it back, interview with him, really, really enjoyed um, his personality and just, you know, the atmosphere of, you know, being there, it felt right, it felt good. Mm-hmm. Then I got to have the final interview with our operator, Brett Swanson, um, and just meeting with him, I could just tell that he was a family man, he was genuine, and just being there in that building and in that space and with those people, mm-hmm. it just felt so good. I can't tell you. Like, I feel like I'm going to cry right now because it just, it really felt really good. And, you know, before I started my interview with, with Brett, as well as before we started this podcast interview with you, um, we prayed and I was just, Mm. that took me back. Like I, I'm not used to 
running in the circles of people that pray, you know, that yeah. pray out loud. And then, you know, I, I made the huge leap of faith and went to Chick-fil-A, left, left the barrel after, um, almost 13 years there. And I'm going down a really great path there at, um, the barrel, you know, I could have yeah. been, who knows what I could have been there, you know, yeah. but now here I am at Chick-fil-A and I cannot tell you what a blessing it is. You know, we have bi-weekly manager meetings that we pray before we start. Like that alone is amazing to me. Mm. Um, and just the family and the culture that we have within the people that work there, it just feels so good. Yeah. It doesn't feel like we antagonize each other. And there's this, you know, like I've just worked with some people in my past that would say and do things, didn't have like a lot of respect for one another. Yeah. Um, and I just don't experience that here at Chick-fil-A. It's just, it's just really great. And the, that alone, just having God in, in the workplace is just mm-hmm. amazing to me. Like, yeah. that's where I want to be, you know? And I can verify that obviously, cause I was in those meetings yeah, and I absolutely. was worked with y'all and it, the group of managers when I was there, I mean, even now, I mean, it's pretty much the same people yeah. um, with a couple new, mm-hmm. a couple new people, but we all really cared about each other mm-hmm. and cared for the company as a whole. And we were willing to work together to achieve goals, whether it was break the drive through record or <laughs> uh, try to break $30,000 daily sales, mm-hmm. which I think y'all have done that like mm-hmm. several times now, <laughs> which dang it but (laughs) so much fun uh but still i mean like but it became like a family and we would pick on each other we prank each other marshall is probably the best (laughs) oh we got him good this year oh yeah with his his birthday was it the birthday thing no so we pranked him on april fool's day (laughs) oh no please share okay so (laughs) so marshall he is our chief uh operator of operations i guess you could say our Operator Brett Swanson owns two different Chick Fil A's, so yes. Marshall kind of runs between the two th- two stores. I kind of like think of him as like our little mini district manager, if you will. Yes. And so um, he comes over one day, and we um, get him to go on a fake delivery. So oh um, Ubi <laughs> Ubi is a company who makes our uniforms, you know. And so we are they're based out of Greenville, South Carolina, right there, right on the road from us. And so we know those guys pretty well. Yeah. So we get Josh. Um, to kind of call them and set up like a fake delivery they're in on it as well. So we all know that I am very like, I talk very fast, I move very fast. I'm like a very fast, like in your face kind of person, which I try to tone it down a little bit, but that's just who I am. Uh. So um, Marshall comes in, we see him, we have us all planned out. We know about what time he's going to come in. And um, I throw a bunch of like, empty catering boxes into like a canvas bag and so we we waited all out to where he would think there was actual meals in there like this took like a science to figure out we put only sauces in each in each box so we had like ketchup and polynesian sauce and all the stuff inside there right (laughs) and so marshall comes in the front door and i go running up there like a speed of light and i was like marshall please take this delivery we forgot about it and it's really late like you've got to get to ubi now and he's like it's going to ubi like yeah, it's going to be. So he's like, oh no! So he goes running to his truck. He's like, are you sure everything's in the bag? I was like, it's all there. Just please hurry up and take it. It's late. So he goes running out the door. Okay, he gets to Ubi. He's running in. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like he's all embarrassed, you know, because like Ubi. Like we want to make, we want to do great for them because you sure. know they they treat us really well. Right. So he goes running in the door, and um, he's like, do you want to set this up for you? He starts pulling open the bag, and he's like, wait. And he's like, picks up one box, and one's like kind of doesn't feel as heavy as the other or whatnot and he's like wait a second and then the guy like he walks in and he says um 
he's just kind of like watching him. I guess Marshall looks at him. He's like, wait, are you getting me? Like, is this um, a joke right now? And so the guy just starts laughing. But we were hoping that he would carry it out for us. Um, so Marshall would call me and be like, Ashley, what is this? Then I was going to pretend like, oh, I gave you the wrong bag. <laughs> like, uh, you got to come back. We were going to try to keep it going. But yeah. he was just like, oh, my goodness. So it was pretty funny. Oh, man. Yeah. So just to see his look on his face and try to get there really quickly was really funny. But he was just like, really, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> so it was funny. And Marshall, he's got, like, fifth gear, like, sixth gear. Like, he will put in hyperdrive if, oh, yeah. if there's an emergency. Oh, so, yeah. Like, all it was funny. Aside. He was running across the parking lot with that <laughs> canvas bag. And the whole staff was just peeking out the window, dying, like laughing so oh hard. My God. So, um, <laughs> karma got me though, because Uh-oh. the moment that he left, they needed changes in the drive through and I went running to the safe and I slipped and <gasps> fell <laughs> and I bruised my no. entire arm all the way up. And I felt that for like three weeks. Oh my God. And I was like, okay, this is karma because <laughs> it was horrible. But it was funny. It was worth oh, it. It was worth it to see word. the look on Marshall's face when he came back. <laughs> we were like, then we were like, wait, is he gonna be mad or is he gonna laugh? But no, he was. He thought it was funny. That's hilarious. It was great. Oh, Marshall, what a trooper. He's he's the greatest. Oh man. Well, <laughs> it's kind of hard to segue off of a April Fool's joke. Oh yeah, you funny. Know. No, that's <laughs> awesome. I kind of want to transition into this little. I'm gonna call it a side hustle, just because that's like co- common terminology these days. Yeah. But. Um, well, you know what's funny? It was at, at Chick-fil-A. Like, you decided to do something on Facebook for your own personal profile. And it was a countdown. <laughs> and you were pissing all of us off. Because we're like, what is it? And you did it for like 30 days or something yeah. ridiculous. And we're like, trying to figure out, like, okay, is she getting baptized? Like, that was one of the things. We thought you were getting baptized. Uh-huh. Or is she, like, buying another house? Like, what is she doing? Yeah. And then you announced that you... We're starting an Etsy shop called yeah. the Christian Peach Company. Uh-huh. Where did... First, tell us what it is. Okay. So, it is a little jewelry shop on Etsy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's faith-based things. So, you know, a lot of like grateful, thankful, blessed, faith kinds of things. Um, and really, the inspiration really came from... Um, for picking like that theme is really mirrored what I want my life to look like. And mm-hmm. I think that just you know, pointing everything that you do and everything that you say towards Jesus and just calling um, is kind of where that came from. Mm -hmm. So I think that what better way to do that than just show it off by like what you're wearing, you know, like, I don't know. So it's just like fun for me. It's there are pieces and things that I like to wear Mm -hmm. um, personally. So I just figured that other people will like it and it's been, it's been a hit. So, you know, I try to, when I post different things and make different listings is what they're called. Mm -hmm. um, I try to tied into something biblical so I'll put like scripture on each one and I've had several people come to my site and they'll message me and say I think that's really cool that you're kind of bringing that to this platform because you don't really see that on there a whole lot so yeah it's just something that I'm passionate about and um, other people are starting to kind of take it on but it's really cool so yeah you know in the book of Matthew it talks about letting your light shine so that's kind of what what I want to do you know yeah yeah and more specifically would you say that this is catered towards females Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. There aren't really, like, there's a couple of things I think that males could wear, you know, like a couple of bracelets or whatever, but it's it's mm-hmm. pretty feminine. Yeah. Yeah, for instance, like, right before this interview, she's like, I got something for you. I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm wearing it. It's a grateful bracelet, and I, I love it. It's, it's like, for me, I'm more simplistic, mm-hmm. and this suits me, so the fact oh, that good. you, like, yeah. Perceive that. that. Yeah, that's absolutely. awesome. So cool. I uh, I appreciate it. And I'm glad you like it. So it's a lot of like uh, Apple Watch bracelets, yep. this kind of stuff. You have hats, you have t-shirts. Yep. Hats, no t-shirts yet. That's okay. something that I'm trying to... 
I'm trying to I'm trying to figure that out. Okay. Yeah, I okay. want to do that. I got a cricket for Mother's Day, so I'm trying to figure out how to use oh. that. I think that's going to be a major gateway for for me. Yeah. So I've got to teach myself. Yeah. But I'm my my mom it. has a friend who has a cricket. She'll do like decals on cups. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. There's all so. kinds of stuff you can do. Sky's the limit with that thing. So. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me ask you this: What were your expectations leading into it? Like, were you expecting for it to like? Did you have a dollar amount as far as sales that you wanted mm-hmm. to reach per month? Or was it more like, let's just see what happens? Let's just see what happens for sure. Mm-hmm. So um, I got the idea from my sister. So she was also working at the barrel. You know, we're all we're all the barrel. My entire family. So I had two sisters and a brother. We all worked there. Cracker um, Barrel Breaks. Yep, that's right. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. Um, so my sister was a retail manager for them at the time. When I went and left um, to come to Chick-fil-A, she saw how happy I was there, I think. Mm-hmm. And you know, she was just kind of reconsidering, you know, like maybe, maybe life isn't all about working really hard. She had two small mm-hmm. children at the time, you know, her husband had just gotten his dream job really. And so she's like, I really want to be a stay at home mom, but I still want to earn money. Yeah. So, um, a friend of hers was kind of doing the Etsy thing. She kind of taught her, um, the ticks, tricks and tips of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw what she was doing through that. And I also was like, man, like, I, I want to do that. You know, I want to make some extra money because let's face it, I'm not making the money anymore that I was making at the barrel. You know, sure. I'm just not. And so that's fine and everything, but I still want to be able to vacation and take my son places and do things. So I, I was like, let's just try it and see if it works and wonderful if it does. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I've got my job, you know, like everything's sure. taken care of. You know, I just wanted to make some extra money if it was possible. And my sister was doing really well with it. So, you know, and then it was very important to me that it kind of gives you a platform to stand on Etsy or, or anything when you start a small business like that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you know, I wanted it to be unique to me and things that I care about and like. And so that's where, you know, the whole Christian peach of it became a mm-hmm. thing was just that I wanted to be Christian and faith-based that's kind of where it started but yeah I was I didn't have any expectations I knew what my sister was doing clearly you know I have always tried not to measure my success within my business to hers because she's doing really well with it sure. she also has a little bit more time to invest in it than I do because she doesn't have a full-time job you know right. I'm working at minimum 50 hours a week at Chick-fil-a right. and so pulling that on top of that um you know, sometimes I'm like going on break at Chick-fil-A and then almost every day I'm like running over and like checking my business and working on things with that. The moment I get off work, I'm like back onto Etsy. It almost kind of feels like I'm working 24 seven now, but Mm -hmm. it's like a, it feels good. Like it's a good, it feels really good to have to do it. So I enjoy it. But if I were to have an expectation, it's already exceeded it to be honest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's doing really well. So I'm really proud of it. And you started it in November? November, yeah. So we're in May now. So, yeah. Not even a year. Like six months. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I meant to ask you, where did the name... I know you said it was... You wanted to be faith-based, but Mm -hmm. the peach... The peach. The peach. So I'm from Georgia. So well, the yes. Georgia peach. I'm a Georgia peach. There you so go. I really liked that. Um, so just kind of throwing some things around. I really liked, I started out with something. It was like the Southern Christian girl, which I thought was really cute. But I actually, so whenever you start an Etsy shop, there's a limit to characters that you can have. Gotcha. So then I didn't realize that going into it. Thank goodness I hadn't like branded anything or done anything yet when I realized that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I had to, I had different names picked out and none of them would work because they were too long. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I started playing around. My first email address ever was Georgia Peach of a Girl. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, well, we have to incorporate a peach because I'm from Georgia. So the peach is really cute. There you go. And then I was like, okay, that's a Christian faith-based kind of shop. And I was like, I really like Christian. Like I like that name too. Sure. So I was like, I really like that. So I was like, the Christian Peach go. 
I don't know. And it just kind of like came, I just said it and then I liked it and I was like, oh, it's cute. Yeah. And then I kind of like play around some different designs and, and whatnot and had um, uh, another lady actually off of Etsy design like my little logo. And I was like, that is super cute. And if you notice, the T in Christian is a cross. So yes. I was like, please incorporate a cross. I really want it to be like really girly and feminine because it's like based on that, you know. Yeah. Um, so she put some like little flowers and stuff around it, but it's super cute. So, yeah. Yeah, the Christian peach go. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. What have been some of the challenges of the business um, as far as, um, I know Instagram is super competitive Mm -hmm. and um, do you post stuff on Marketplace, like Facebook Marketplace at all or no? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And that actually has driven some business for me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are some other like challenges as far as whether you were expecting or not expecting? Yeah. So the, the main challenge would be that I'm also working a full-time job while trying to do this. So. I tried to respond to, um, you know, people will message you on there asking questions about your shop and I try to, you know, answer their questions pretty quickly, but I can't, it's not something that I can work on 24 seven, obviously, cause I don't have a job. So, sure. um, just trying to manage that in itself is, is, is a deal, but, um, just trying to get it promoted, like you said. So Instagram has been a great tool. Facebook marketplace has been great. Um, and what I do for those, what I'll do is just make a post and do like a local pickup on there. And then when people message me and they want it, I'm like, hey, I offer free shipping. Just go to this link here, purchase it, and I'll send it right to your house. We don't even have to meet. So nice. they really like that. Um, you like Amazon, girl. Yeah, free yeah, shipping. yeah, you know, it's free <laughs> shipping. So, um, and that's something also that drives people to your page on Etsy too. So if you have the free shipping, um, oh, okay. that will that will kind of boost you up for, you know, when people are out searching for things, they are always searching for, you know, I want this, but I want it with free shipping. So one of my, my listing might be one of the first that they're going to see because I offer free shipping. Yeah. So that's kind of like a little hack there. Nice. But as far as like promoting it, consistently getting people to share your posts and stuff on Facebook and stuff like that has been really great. The only other thing that's been hard recently is with the COVID-19 and all the things that are going on. Um, not everything is shipping as quick as you'd like for it to ship. Sure. So right now I'm only doing like a couple of sales a day, probably let's just say. So like I can run that out to my own mailbox and send that off. Um, but if it ever kind of gets to where like my sister is doing where she's doing like 60 orders in a day, that's going to be, you know, or however many she has in one day, that, that could be a challenge for me. Sure. So I'm kind of thankful that my business hasn't taken off to be like that because then that would become a full-time job in and of itself. Yeah. So I'm I'm like, right now I'm just happy with like the way that it is. Like I just get a couple of sales a day and it's like extra little bit of money. So we can, you know, go out to eat if we want, or, you know, we have a vacation coming up next month. I can put some money away for that. And you know, that's been really exciting. That's awesome. You know, that's awesome. Yeah, that's the power of a little side hustle, right? And yep. if, if I think people need to understand if they, you shouldn't do a side hustle just to make money. No. You know, it has to be something like that you're passionate with or mm-hmm. else you're going to burn out. Oh, would so you, fast. Would yeah. you say that that's oh, a true yeah, statement? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, it's something that, honestly, it makes me really happy and I get excited. Um, Etsy that has like a little sound, like if, you, if you're an Etsy shop owner, when you make a sale, it's like, cha-ching! on your phone <laughs> and I'm like oh that's like like instant gratification for me like sure. it just feels good it's like oh I made a sale yeah. but then also it's like really cool to see someone receive their piece and then to come back on on and give you a review yeah. and although message me and say you know for each order that I send out I will literally and like I said if it ever takes off I won't be able to always do this but for now I write them a letter 
Like, oh, it's wow. a small little letter, but I'll say, you know, like, thank you so much for supporting my small business, especially during this time, you yeah. know, that we have going on in the world. Yeah. You know, thank you for that. And then I'll just express to them, you know, like, I really hope you enjoy, you know, your watch band or your, like, whatever it is that you have, you know, and I hope that, you know, you're doing well and, and whatever else. And then, you know, I might throw in there, you know, if you wouldn't mind just kind of tag me on social media, that'd be really awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, promote it for me as well. Yeah. But I, I really just want them to, you know, receive it and, like, then I literally, like, this sounds so cheesy, but I promise I do this. I, like, kind of lay out all my little orders before I send them out, and then I'll just say a prayer over all of them. Like, each mm-hmm. person, I'll say each of their names, and then I'll just say, you know, I hope it reaches them and they're doing well, and this brings, like, some kind of joy to their life, you know, like, whether yeah. it's just, like, a, you know, a smile to their face or that they can show it off to other people. But mainly, I want them to be able to receive that and then for other people to see their love for Christ. Because a lot yeah. of the things that I sell are... They're very obviously Christian-based, Sure, most of them. Maybe not so much the watch bands, but either way. I'm just hoping that they receive that, you know, yeah. from me. So yeah. it's, like, just more than just, like, the materialistic thing that they're getting. But, yeah. you know, I'm just hoping that they get that as well. So, Well, I'm sure you've heard the phrase, like, people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that speaks volumes because, for instance, my husband is a realtor, mm-hmm. and he is kind of thrived off of word of mouth. And I think this applies, especially to your business as well, as word of mouth travels a lot faster for sure. than any kind of promotion that you can do on any social media or marketing. But if people know, like, hey, it's quality, it's a quality product, first mm-hmm. and foremost, and the person took enough time to write a note to say thank you for purchasing it, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, that can apply to any workplace. I mean, at, at Chick-fil-A, um, at least in my experience... Um, I made sure to try to tell y'all, like, hey, uh, like, when I got promoted, mm-hmm. I tried to make sure I communicated um, to Brett and Marshall to say, hey, thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. And saying that I didn't want this job just so that I could have the title. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just having a sense of being grateful and looking at my bracelet now, and it says Aww. grateful. <laughs> so uh, that's huge. That's yeah, huge. Absolutely. You've talked a lot, actually, about your, your faith and how it's played a part in Chick-fil-A and, and this company. Would you say that it has grown incrementally as you made the move from Cracker Barrel to Chick-fil-A and then extending to... Um, your Etsy shop? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Since working at Chick-fil-A, I have been able to serve at my church on Sundays, which has always been important to me to get to do is to serve. And so that's been a huge part of, um, you know, my walk with Jesus is getting to do that. And then, um, spending time with my Bible every day. Mm -hmm. So since COVID-19 started, we changed our work schedule where we're split into two teams for health reasons. You know, if someone got sick, it wouldn't be the whole place eliminated, blah, blah, blah. Right. So um, that being said, we were off for four days, and we got to see, you know, what it was to actually rest between shifts and whatnot. And so um, we kind of came up with a plan to where, you know, my boss actually said yes. And so we we said, can we work four days a week, 12-hour shifts? We'll do it if we can have three days off a week. Um, and that's been really awesome. So I've been able to spend more time in my Bible and resting between shifts and seeing what was important in life. Yeah. I'm getting to spend more time with my son since he hasn't been going to school, obviously. Yeah. But I think that making that leap from Cracker Reel to Chick-fil-A also, I'm surrounding myself with people who are kind of wanting the same things out of life and have the same values as I have. And that's been really awesome. Nice. So just being around people like that, having the Sundays off has been really great. Yeah. Um, so I'm so thankful for that time in my life, getting to like leave Cracker Barrel where it wasn't, like I said, the company is amazing. I really, I love the people that I worked with, but it just wasn't for me and I didn't feel complete. And now moving, making that move 
from Cracker Barrel to Chick-fil-A and getting to work with the people that I work with and getting to go to church every single Sunday is just such a blessing. Yeah. And like while you were talking about that, uh, I thought of Proverbs uh, chapter 13, verse 20 says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And not calling the Cracker Barrel people fools. Right. Absolutely not. (laughs) um, Or like, uh, what is it? Um, Bad company spoils good character. I think something along that, Mm -hmm. along those lines. And then as iron sharpens iron, we sharpen each other essentially. And it's a place that promotes growth Yes. and they're not going to try to cut you down and I mean that's everywhere yes. unfortunately yeah. we just see it a little bit more in the food industry probably oh yeah <laughs> you know oh, yeah. so but that's good that's really good you've already given a little bit of advice of how to start an Etsy business what other advice like like number one tip would you give somebody who was thinking about starting something or maybe just any kind of side hustle so yes. to speak So I think that you have to be persistent in it. So Mm. you have to want it. You have to know what your goal is going to be, what your plan is. You know, like, what is it that you're going to sell? What is it that you're trying to promote? Like, what's the thing that you want to do? But then how are you going to do that? Making realistic goals for yourself, obviously. So like you said, like in the beginning, I wasn't trying to say, okay, I'm going to do $100,000 off the shop in one year, you know, which I've heard is possible. So you never know. You know, just setting a real expectation for myself and just knowing that, hey, I'm holding on a full-time job on top of this. Mm-hmm. First of all, it's just knowing what I want to do, that I want to do it, and being committed to it. Yeah. So there's a lot of commitment here yeah. because, um, you know, I am working 10 or plus hours, 12 hours now in a day, and then coming home and then also having to do this, so having that commitment and then just knowing that, you know, it does take time. Um, and then figuring out like what it is that you want to promote and is it aligned with what you believe in? Mm -hmm. Um, and is it something that you would want for yourself and for your life? Whether it's like you're trying to promote an idea or a thing, like, do you truly believe in that? Is that something that you would wear or what you would do? And then, you know, just being all in and just doing whatever it takes and knowing that it's not always going to be perfect and always be a hundred percent, you know, it's going to be, you know, there's going to be ups and downs of it. It's going to be hard. It's work. You know, it is work. Mm-hmm. Um, and just knowing that going into it. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny how that theme has kind of transpired over your whole life is just being all in yeah. from Cracker Barrel to Chick-fil-A to this. So mm-hmm. if y'all are taking notes as you're listening to this, <laughs> write down be all in no matter where you're at, even yeah. if it's not where you're going to be forever. Right. Be yeah. committed just being while committed. you're in it. Yes. So being committed. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. huge. Well, where can people find you on the internet land, uh, social media? Yeah. So Instagram is just all one word, the Christian Peach Co. Um, and then same with Facebook, actually. It's just the Christian Peach Co. And then um, if you type it in Etsy, Etsy's so weird. It would be www.etsy.com backslash uh, the Christian Peach Co. All one word. And if you're going to go into the search engine on Christian, I mean, on um, Etsy, you would just type in the Christian Peach Co. But it's also all one word. So it's like people get confused and they'll try to search my name or they'll search uh, it with gotcha. spaces between the mm-hmm. Christian Peach Code, but it's just all one word on there. Gotcha. But yeah. if you go to your Instagram, do you have a link? Yes. So at the top of the Instagram page, it'll just, there'll be a link there on my personal cool. one and on that one. So cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. It wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> we well, had a long you. conversation about this. <laughs> Calming and just, just talking about yourself. I'm, aren't you glad I didn't ask you to talk about like nuclear physics or anything oh, like yeah, that? Oh yeah, because that would have been a boring conversation. <laughs> it would have been a five second interview. I don't done. know. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, I'll make sure to put this in the show notes of where to find you on yeah, Instagram you. and everything. And hopefully that 
um, some listeners, you'll gain some more sales. Hopefully you hear yeah. the cha-ching noise a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, a little more often. <laughs> so thank well, you thank so much. you so much, Leah. I love you and you're really, you're really awesome for doing all of this. I'm sure that there are so many people that are grateful for you, <laughs> there as, you go. I, as, of, as I am I. Yeah, um, it's funny. I kind of relate to you as far as um, trying to pursue something that right now I'm not, I'll be transparent. I'm not making any money off of this, but I enjoy it. Yeah. And I love it. And I would love to see something monetarily fruitful come yeah, from you this. never know. You never know. So share, 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 people. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Man, it was so good to just be able to talk with Ashley. It's been a while since I've been able to sit down and actually talk with her. So I really enjoyed this conversation. Ashley, you the bomb girl, and your house smells delicious. No, she had <laughs> the candle that I mentioned at the very beginning. Uh, it was like sitting right next to us. So it was like, I'm in either like Fresh Market or Hobby Lobby, and I could just sit here all day. It was wonderful. So (laughs) Ashley has incredible taste. I'm just going to give her a shout out right now that her house is beautiful, and it has uh, Cracker Barrel themed, not themed, (laughs) it's definitely not a Cracker Barrel themed house, but uh, Hobby Lobby, any kind of merchandise that you see in Cracker Barrel, that's what her house looks like. And on top of it, smelling magical. So it's like, oh, I'm just lay here on this wonderful shag rug that is glorious. So anyway, <laughs> that may be too personal. Uh, Ashley, don't kill me, but I really enjoyed talking with you. It was, it was so much fun. And uh, now I kind of want to talk about just some takeaways from my conversation with her. And I, the first one I wrote down was actually one of the latter points that we talked about was be all in wherever you're at. From Ashley's story, she was committed like went to Food Lion, checked out Cracker Barrel, and then for 13 years, obviously her hard work paid off. I mean, she, to be honored as the top associate manager in the chain, that's ridiculous. I mean, unbelievable. So she is a great example of just working hard, being diligent, being trustworthy, no matter whether or not you're going to stay at this job forever. So write that down for real. Be all in wherever you're at. The second thing I wrote down was actually something that uh, that I had mentioned. Asha kind of reinforced it was you want to strive to be an influential leader and not a famous leader. You want to be seeking influence with people, not being viral with people because viral, there really doesn't have to be a connection. It's either just like, a oh, that's funny or... Well, that's so cool. But instead, you want to have influence. Having influence means that you can change people's minds. You can change people's perceptions about something. So that is more sustaining than being a viral or a famous leader. And then the third thing I wrote down was small business 101. If you're wanting to pursue a side hustle or start your own business or whatever, know what you're going to do. I mean, it sounds simple, but... It's true. Like, know exactly what you're going to do. And it'll take some time, y'all. Like, with this podcast, like, I had a name picked out. I had a logo, completely changed it, made a logo, changed it again. And uh, just in an effort to kind of fine-tune why I'm doing this podcast in the first place. Not that a logo is everything, but I had a certain image that I wanted to market and, and that sort of thing. I could kind of go on a rabbit trail about that. But I had to really think about what I was going to be talking about. And that may change slightly. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. But I had a general idea. I want to help people who either 
are new to leadership or have no clue about leadership and what it takes to move forward in that. And I just wanted to start having conversations. What Ashley did was uh, she loves jewelry. She like will be bedazzled. (laughs) And she's like, I wanted to create something that I would wear that I know would share Jesus with other people. And so, I mean, that's another thing. If you're selling a product or a service, make sure that you would buy it yourself. I mean, that's a big telltale sign, like if it's worthy of being bought, right? Uh, Another thing, having a plan, not just a business plan, but like, okay, I know what I want to do. Now, how do I make that come to fruition, that sort of thing. And then she also mentioned, does it align with what you believe in? Like if you're a Christian, does it align with what the Bible says about your life? And that that's just crucial. Another thing I wrote down is actually kind of similar to what Joey in episode 11 said, uh, talking about advice that he would give to uh, aspiring musicians or whatever. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. It's a good conversation. But Uh, Ashley said it too. She said, whatever you're going to do, do it because you love it and not just for money. Because money is a short-term gain. It's like, oh, I I just want to make a couple bucks here, a couple bucks there. I'll do whatever to make money. Scripture says that money is the root of all evil. It's not evil. It's the root of all evil. So what does that mean? Roots is the beginning. What a tree or a plant grows, like when its roots extend that's what it's basing its foundation off of. So if you're basing your foundation off of money, it's going to bring forth evil. Just think of that. I didn't say that. Scripture said it. So you can ask God and deal with him with that. But it's true. Um, but you really want to do this because you love it. Right? So find out what what do you love that you're like, oh man, maybe I can make a business out of that. Or, well, I think this could help people. Then start by making a plan. And then... Does it align with what scripture says or does it align with what your morals say? And then if you love it, that's going to help sustain you through any kind of process that you do with that. So Ashley, you said some good stuff, girl. So thank you. (laughs) Now what's coming up next? Episode 13. Lucky number 13, right? (laughs) Well, anyway, um, I have, guys, it's like three interviews in a row. Can you believe it? So I've been busy in quarantine. So episode 13, uh, it's funny. This is, this guy I actually have never met in the flesh. I actually, he messaged me on Instagram, got to talking and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, It's a guy by the name of Kevin Slocum and get this guys, he sells beard oil. Yes, you heard that correct. Beard Oil. It's a, He has a company called Beard Joy, and this guy makes his own. So it's not like, oh, you know, I, I bought some stuff and then put a label on it. Oh, no, no, no. Homeboy did his research, and he talks a little bit just about how his business, like where it came from, how he got interested in it. So if you know somebody with a beard that would love for it to be softer and more uh, have a more luxurious beard you're gonna want to listen to this episode i wanted to bring a little teaser for you so check out a little clip from my interview with kevin slocum and i will see you next time check it out what kind of advice would you give to somebody that is maybe frustrated with a different kind of product what would you say all the problem 
Mm. That's it. Just solve a problem. And, you know, like you're, you're going to have your own opinion on something. Like I, I wasn't the first dude to make beard oil. Other, other guys did that first, but my problem was I didn't like their stuff. So, mm. you know, I made my own and there's going to be other people in your market, whatever market that's going to be, set yourself apart and just let the cards fall where they may. I'm, I'm friends with a few guys in the beard oil industry and we're, we're very cordial. We both know that like there's, there's people that I'll reach that they won't and there's people that they will reach that I won't and that's okay. The market will decide. <laughs> mm. But as long as you're doing your best, you're solving a problem and you attack it and, and you're, you work hard with it and, and keep going with it and there's going to be setbacks and, 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 and successes as well. But like the market will decide whether you're viable or not. Yeah. So either you're going to come up across, you know, a, a hardship and be like, oh, I guess I'm not viable. Or you're going to learn from that and say, how can I be viable? <laughs>